Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm so excited to have you back here again today. Um, We've got a really special person on today. His name is Chris Tice. I've only just started talking to Chris, but wow, I can feel his heart right through the screen. He's amazing. Um, Chris is the co-founder of Eagle Fire Enrichment. He's a husband and father of three. He's a leadership coach and inspirational speaker, specializing in communication, crisis management, and my huge topic, avoidance. So thank you so much, Chris, for coming on the show. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. This is, uh, I'm humbled. This is, this is beyond honoring for, for me and a privilege to be a part of your show and with your audience and for all those listening this uh nelia is doing an amazing work here don't uh don't push this off to the side listen to all our episodes if this is your first episode go back to episode one and go all the way through um when i first got a chance to to hear the message of this podcast and the communication that nelia is bringing to to you the audience it's beyond value there, there's, there's, there's not a price that you can put to this. The, the stories and the development and the personal experience that can come to you all, that's come to me, is something that just gets my heart pumping, wanting to do better, be more, create more value, and serve others while also understanding that it's got to start with me. Giving starts with you, your experience, your story, your life matters. And that is brought to life through this podcast. And so not only should you listen to it, you should be sharing it. Get on your social media, text it to people as you're chatting with your friends, your neighbors, your your family, uh, church, at work, at the grocery store, I don't care, share it because the message that comes through is going to change the world. It's going to change the world and people. And it's a fantastic opportunity to relax and take a moment to just enjoy the, the, the life that we are given. So thank you, Nelia, for having me and allowing me to be a part of this. Wow, that just happened. Okay. So, (laughs) wow, like, I'm speechless. I honestly, thank you so much for 
for all the things that you said, I'm really just trying to get the message out there that the world needs to change, I think, a little bit. But I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. I'm so glad that it's affected you positively. Yeah, I just don't know what to say. This this is amazing. Hearing that is just so validating for me, especially starting out and being such an introvert. To know that people are are, um, really taking some value from that, that means everything. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I, you're doing a great work and I, 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 I'm just a small piece of the puzzle and, uh, it's going to continue to come together for you and expand exponentially. And I, I'm excited to see the growth. Uh, I got myself caught up on every episode and, uh, and I, it's, it's earmarked. It's every time there's a new one, that's, that's my day right there. That's my time. However long the episode is, that's going to be that time. So thank you for what you are doing in serving others. Thank you so much. And I'm so happy to have you, you know, uh, since we're talking about this before I get started, there was a podcast that uh, saved my life one day. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why I wanted to do it. I, it made me not feel alone in my struggles. And I was, it was late at night and I was listening to a podcast and uh, a specific thing that they said. And honestly, I can't remember exactly right now, but it, um, I thought, you know what, if that did did it for me, maybe I can do it for somebody. So thank you. But we're here to Absolutely. talk about you, Chris. So <laughs> <laughs> let's dive in and All talk right. about you. So Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit about the story that you want to share? Um, how childhood was for you? Um, how this all began? Yeah, absolutely. So the it's not an end, but the result of how I was raised and the things I've, I've gone through has been a process that, that God has called me to as a servant leader. And as, as a believer, um, you know, if you look at the example of Christ, however you believe, wherever you stand, if you even just look at the example of Christ, he was here to serve. He even said that and he did it. And so um, you talk about podcasts that change your life and, and people that change your life. The past couple years, and especially the last probably six months, has been the culmination of this process. And um, I know Tony Robbins says it, Ed Milet says it. They say that life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. And accepting that's been tough. And I look back on all the situations, circumstances that have happened in my life and I've realized that it, it, it ultimately boils down to it starts with me and how I accept that or don't accept it, how I react to it or act with it. And so I'm going to kind of start in the middle of my teenage years initially because I had this scout leader. We were talking about the things that were going on in my life. And this was the first instance where a mentor or someone who is willing to invest in you and invest in your development can change your life. And and it was the epitome of servant leadership. And he looked at me and made eye contact and said, listen, Chris, you can do whatever it is you set your mind to. 
if you want to be this, go be it. Dedicate yourself to it. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to work. There's gonna be challenges along the way, but you can do it. And that was one of the first times I had ever had someone intentionally tell me that. And it didn't fully absorb. Um, I didn't take it all in. Of course, I didn't understand it all. Uh, I still had a lot to learn and still do. But this part of that takes me back to it, it just made me feel wanted and needed that I have a purpose. Because growing up at the age of one and a half, my mom walked out on my dad and I. And I ended up growing up to, know, to, to not know her, not know that love of a mother. And through that process too, I also grew to hate somebody I didn't even know. I mean, at one and a half, I didn't know the difference, but as I grew up, it was like, well, why didn't she want me? What, what did I do wrong? Why, why would you walk out on us? And, and, and not understanding the difference, there was no explanation. And so then, you know, my dad, uh, my dad kind of spiraled out. I grew up kind of the, uh, the lifestyle around the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And that was the life I knew. We partied on the weekend. We went to school and worked during the day. Um, and I didn't know the difference. You know, my dad didn't know the difference. He was, he was doing what he knew and and people will look at that and say that that was wrong and your dad shouldn't have done that and everything else one thing i will say about my dad he has always made sure i was safe he's always made sure i was taken care of and while yes it wasn't ideal he still loved me he still cared for me he still accepted me but i still had this longing for something more even as a child well then at the age of 10 he met uh what would become my stepmom and at first things were fun and exciting. I learned that the, the party lifestyle wasn't uh, what, what, you, what you should necessarily do and shouldn't have seen as a kid. And I needed to start focusing more on school and doing my schoolwork and learning this and learning that. Well then when she actually came in was when I first realized the control that she wanted to have over us. She was a very controlling person and her personality expressed that. And the next thing I knew, right after she moved in and got that control, they called, uh, she had a son, they called my stepbrother and I into the bedroom. And she made my dad talk and she got him to look at us and say, we know your brothers, we know you're going to fight now that you live together. You know, he has siblings and, and, and knew what it was like. And, you know, we expect this, we expect that, but here's our overall expectation of what is going to happen to you guys, what you're going to amount to basically. And he looked at me and said that, uh, well, Chris basically said, you're, you're going to be a dumb jock. You're going to struggle in school. You're not going to amount to anything because you just can't do it. I'm 10 years old. I rocked my world. And even though I didn't understand it, 
there was something inside of me that said, that's wrong. And not wrong on the scale of everyone's going, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. He said what he said. Now, I'll get to forgiveness later, but there was something inside of me deep down that just said, that's not, that's not me. That's not what I was created to be. And so from there on out, I hated the word can't, and I still do. Um, it's why I always tell people can't never did. Sorry, Chris. But, uh, yes. Sorry. Um, you said it wasn't you, but it didn't sound like it was your dad either. Oh, yes, it wasn't. Um, I. Because up until that point, he was so supportive. It it was more the ex, the um, stepmom, I think, that controlled. It was. It was. And I. Please understand, everyone. I don't want to vilify these two. Mm hmm. Don't, 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 don't make them villains, villains in my life. Because what this amounts to, what this results to is, is something that with help of other mentors and, and, and positive people in my life, I've changed that. And I've learned to forgive. But I knew it came from her. She wanted her son. And, and so then the, the second part of that um, was they then turned the attention to him and said that he was going to excel at school. He was going to excel in the arts and he was going to get a great job and go to college and, and just, you know, everything would be, you know, uh, daisies and roses for him. And I'd be stuck in the thorns, um, which is kind of how I took it. But that was a catalyst. I couldn't explain it back then, but that was a catalyst to saying, I'm not going to let that happen to me. You're not, you're not going to project that onto me because that's what my dad did. And this is, this, this is what you expect of me based on something that you don't have. You don't know me that well. You may know what you see on the outside, but you don't know what's going on on the inside. My whole world is turned around here. And so now we're stacked up to the point I felt unwanted. I was now told that I wouldn't, I'd basically not amount to anything. I'd find a way to survive. And so growing up through that, it was constantly, anytime I was trying to do anything to advance, I was shut down. The, the wins were never really ever celebrated unless they publicly had to. Anytime my dad and I were trying to, to, reestablish or develop the relationship we had it was always interrupted and but then it was always expected that you know my stepbrother would be out there doing it too well we had separate interests but because the foundation was set that i don't want you doing that i'm not going to let you do that and so i i spent all this time trying to figure out what can I do? What am I good at? What, you know, I wasn't even allowed to be the jock. They didn't let me play sports and I was good at them. I, I literally, I wasn't even allowed to go to the games in high school. And so I had, I had scouts, I had boy scouts and uh, I, I was continually achieving that and they, they couldn't stop me. There was no stopping me in that. Um, and I got my Eagle Scout and I, I got a card from my grandpa. I, I'm the first Eagle Scout in my family. <laughs> my great grandma came up to me and uh, she held my hand and she looked me square in the eye. She goes, I finally have my Eagle Scout because my grandpa and his brothers had tried. My dad and his brothers had tried. 
here I was, and I was, I was cutting it close. You, you're, you got to earn it by the time you're 18. And I, I listen, folks, procrastination kicked in like no other. Senioritis hit me. I, uh, I had to be threatened that by my stepmom. I, it was one of the few times she really, other than schoolwork, pushed me for achievement. Uh, she said, either A, you're quitting Scouts, which Scouts was my outlet, or you're going to get this done. So I begrudgingly grabbed the paperwork and started working on it. And, but I got it done, and my grandpa wrote me a card that I have kept these years. It's it's in my box with some of my mementos. And it he said something very profound that reminded me of that day with that Scout leader that said, you can do this. And my grandpa wrote in it. Uh, I don't have it memorized verbatim, but I said, Chris, you always have been and you always will be a self-starter. And I know you're going to achieve great things. Throughout that time growing up, anytime I said, oh, I want to do this or I want to be this when I grow up, I'd always want to be a firefighter. Um, I'd seen firefighters in action. I have an uncle who's a firefighter and now a couple cousins who are also firefighters. Um, that's a good chunk of our family. And I'd always wanted to be one. And when I talked to them about it, they immediately shot it down. When I talked about doing this or doing that, it wasn't until I said, well, I'm going to go to school and be a lawyer, that they finally showed some pride in what, in what my decision was. I had no desire to be a lawyer. No offense to any of the lawyers out there. I respect you. I know you have a service that is necessary, um, but it's not for me. But because the expectation was put on me, you have to be this or you have to be that or, well, you can't do that because whatever. I didn't know what to do. I was still conflicted. And then um, I got a car and got some freedom and started expressing that freedom. And she did not like that. Constantly changed the rules. Um, I could even repeat the rules verbatim. I'm a, I'm a rule person. I follow the rules, which is why I get so big into crisis management and avoidance and communication in what I do. Uh, if you didn't follow the rules in the house, you were the worst person in the world and you were treated as such. Forgiveness was not uh, easily obtained. And so you just constantly felt this self-awareness of fear. Uh, I even got to a point, even though I did decently well in school, my uh, sophomore year was not my best for sure. But after that, I'd, I'd like to think I did pretty good. From 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., I was scared of the phone ringing because I was scared that there was something I said or did at school, even that, you know, calling someone a simple name, not saying that name calling is a good thing, but, you know, we do it. I, I was I was to the point, I was so scared when the phone rang that the principal would be on the phone to tell my parents something I did wrong or something about my grades, and then you didn't hear the end of it. And it inside, it was, it was, it was psychological um, despair and desperation. And so leading up to moving out, the, the fights between my dad and I got worse, between my stepmom and I got worse. Um, the separation between my stepbrother and I became greater and greater because you're just this outcast. We were right. You're just this outcast. And so depending on who you ask, I moved out or got kicked out at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then I even found out after the fact uh, that the two of them, because he was still under her control, the two of them were placing bets that I wouldn't make it. They were trying to 
quote unquote place bet, not literal gambling, but oh, we, we just bet uh, he's got two months. He'll be back. He'll come groveling back. I promise you right now, I wasn't groveling back. I had other family I could live with, and but I didn't. I uh, fell in love and uh, started this next chapter in my life. Things were going really well. And uh, we got engaged and then found out that uh, we were pregnant with, with our son, who's now 17. And uh, we, were, uh, we were technically married for one year, legally for two years. So here during, that, during the, the, the positive time of that, I was on cloud nine. I had a great job. We bought a house. We had our cars. And, you know, we had the backyard and we had the dog and the doghouse and the swing set. And, and then all of a sudden it fell apart and things crashed around me again. And uh, uh, the divorce became apparent. I once again felt unwanted. I felt that I didn't deserve the life I have, or quite honestly, life in general. I was going down those dark roads of depression and anxiety, worrying about what everyone thought of me because all these prominent people in my life gave me rejection. They, they gave me this identity that I wasn't worth it. And while, yes, I still had my other family who, who were very supportive and they were with me through it all and some friends who were with me through it all, I was still wrapped in this self-identity that I wasn't good enough. And then I found alcohol. And um, while I stayed safe and I stayed functional, if I could have a drink, I was having a drink. And I say a drink, it was more than a drink. It was, it was more than one. Um, and I, it was my medicine. It was how I escaped. There'd be, there'd be times that I would, I would be at home. And I, if I didn't have my son, I was a single dad. I did gain residential custody, but if I didn't have him, cause he was the only stable in this, at this point, he was the only stable thing in my life. Um, if I didn't have him, I had the bottle. Um, and then the, the person who was the most positively influential person in my life was my grandma. Uh, God rest her soul. She's, uh, been gone a couple years now. I miss her every day. Like anyone who's ever had that person in their life. That's, that's not there anymore. Um, she called me one day and, uh, I, all I can say is it was God. I had had some previous experiences with God. Um, I'd been in seven different denominations. There was even rejection within the church. Um, but again, it was people. Um, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, create that association uh, with the church. And it's very unfortunate that, that happens. But um, my grandma called me and she said, listen, I'm, I'm not forcing you to do anything, but Bradley needs to be baptized. And I want him to be baptized at our church. I've already talked to the pastors. They want to meet you. Let's do it. And I, and I got to think, I was like, you know, probably should start going back to church. Uh, honestly, it was a passive thought. Um, but I was like, well, <laughs> when grandma says something, you do it. Um, whether out of fear or out of uh, 
compliance. It doesn't really matter. You just do it because it's grandma. And uh, I said, okay, you know, I'll think about it. And uh, I, when I hung up, I, I said it so passively that God said, no, this is your chance to start getting your, getting to where I want you. And so I rethought back to one moment from high school. High school was not good for me. Um, I was not at the school that, that I thought I was going to be at because my stepmom moved us when I was in middle school. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends because I couldn't do the things that everyone else was doing. Um, and I, I honestly didn't want to because I was always so angry. And I was always caught in this identity of, well, you know, no one else really accepts me. So who here is going to accept me? So why try? Why try and have relationship with people? Why try and have connection with people? And I um, got invited to this church and was able to go. And uh, there's, a, there's a song in it's a Bible verse. It's better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And the praise band was playing that song. And they had, they had done an altar call and I, my legs just moved, went up front. I nailed down. I was crying. I didn't know why, other than the fact that I hated my home life, even though it wasn't the worst home life. I, I, I hope everyone hears my heart in that. Uh, yes, a lot of psychological and mental abuse, but there was also a lot of good that came out of that. We did take family trips together. We never went without food. Um, we did play games together. We did learn together and listen to music together. Um, but there was also that other side and those things, unfortunately, the negative outweighed the positive. And so I, I couldn't find that escape. And as I'm kneeling there praying, I felt this hand on my back and it was physical, but it wasn't. And so I get done crying. The song's over. Um, you know, cleaning up my face, trying to, you know, the turning the lights up. So, you know, and I also grew up that men don't cry. Men cry. Gentlemen, those of you listen to this, it's okay to have emotion. I'm telling you right now, it's okay Thank to you. have emotion. Mm -hmm. Amen um, to that. And, and, and women too, women too, everybody. I, I, I don't care. Um, uh, either side of that, it's okay to have emotion. It's okay to feel. But I wasn't raised that way. This is how it is. This is what you're going to be. And this is where you're going to go. And I turned around and there was this, this young girl, she's a couple years younger than me. We're still uh, great friends to this day. Her, her husband and, and our family, we get along. And she said, I, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's happening. She goes, I didn't even know you were crying. But I just felt like God called me to be your friend and to say that you're worthy and that you're going to get through this. She didn't know anything. Everything I just told you, she didn't know any of it. We had barely met each other. I and mean, she's always that person when you walk in through the door, she's like, hey, I'm such and such. So glad to have you here. Like, she's just that person. And it's contagious. Um, but I remembered that moment. And I was like, you know what? That was such a great feeling. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I do need to go back. And so... I went back, we got Bradley baptized and the pastor had invited me to start helping out with the youth group because going through that trial and that struggle um, made me realize how important our youth is. And I think back to um, folks, this is going back to the impact that this podcast is creating for you and for those that 
we're going to share this with your son episode nine uh your son made a comment and it's it's all too true it's all too true that as adults we tend to write off our youth we we don't always listen to understand where they're coming from and they youth today has this openness they, they really they're they're being raised into an openness I and mean, we're an open society you you turn on your phone and you've got all the social media and the news and everything like we're just open and and i i wanted to i knew i could help i knew i could help these students that's one of the things that god has placed on my life is help people help others whether it's through your story or the fact that you can help a mob or can do you know whatever it is i call you to do you're gonna do it and so i started helping out with the youth group and um was afraid to share my story and the things I'd been going through. And the youth pastor was like, you've got to share it. You've got to share it. So they know that it's okay to not be okay, but you got to have help. You've got to have community. And there was uh, one day the praise bands up there singing and they started singing that song. Oh, <laughs> better is one day. Oh yeah. Here it comes. I'm on my knees. I didn't know why. Uh, God, God's really good about putting you on your knees, um, especially me. Um, and I started crying and my cousin who was a teenager smacking me and he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I, I, I probably owe him an apology because I don't know how hard I smacked back, but I knew I did. And I just shook my head and he knew that I meant leave me alone. Um, I know I didn't hurt him folks. There, there, mm -hmm. There's nothing like that, but I just, it was just like, you gotta leave me alone in this moment. And that was the first time I realized and came up with this quote that I'd kept to myself for a long time. Can't never did. Hmm. When you tell yourself you can't, you're already missing out. You're already losing opportunity. And so all of that turmoil and stuff, that moment, my eyes were opened. My heart was open. My soul was open to say, one, you're going to be okay because you're a fighter. You're a self-starter, like Grandpa said. You can get through this. And so part of this message that my heart, please hear my heart in this, is that if you're going through a struggle right now, whatever it may be, it may, it may be worse than what I told you because I know there are plenty of people who have gone through way worse than I could ever even dream of. I, I, I've seen it. I haven't experienced it. If it's quote unquote less than this, if it's, if it's something even simpler than what I said, it, it, it doesn't matter. Struggle is struggle. Get some help, say something, reach out, start taking the smallest of steps to, to that better path. Um, when, when I'd been sharing my story, uh, my youth pastor told me a story that the shepherds, when they were walking, only used enough oil to light the next step to get to their destination. And so that's why I also tell people that baby steps lead to giant leaps. I look back on my life now, and I'm not all the way up to where I am now in the story, but I look back on my life now and I'm starting to really understand what Tony and Ed say when they say life happens for you, not to you. Mm 
yes, it, it can be considered a play on words. And yes, it is a mindset. But when you set your mind on positivity and set your mind that you can do this, you can overcome, you are an overcomer, you are worthy, you are strong enough, your life will change dramatically. I, uh, during that exploration, I actually ended up remembering I wanted to be a firefighter. And so I went up to my uncle and I said, hey, you remember when I was five years old and said, I want to do what you do? <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, let's make it, let's make that dream a reality. And whole new world for me. I had to learn so many things. You know, you had to do some schooling and I had to become an EMT. I didn't even know that um, to do medical. And, and then I started learning about rank and position and leadership. And, and I thought, okay, I want to be a captain. Hmm. I'm going to be a captain. And I got on and I started learning a lot and um, had some different influences around me and uh, got to the point where I could take the test and everything else. And I made the list and got to the point of the call it quote unquote rankings to, to be considered for promotion and was within the number of the amount they were going to promote. And I got skipped. And, you know, for those that got it, I was ecstatic for them. Right. They deserved it. They earned it. I'm never going to take that from anybody. They are amazing leaders. But my identity, so this is on me, folks. So as you're hearing, this is on me. My identity got wrapped up in, mm. I'm not anything now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting that position. So I'm, I'm just not good enough. And, um, I got over it because you're also told flat out that just because you're within range, that's not guaranteed you're going to get it. They're going to go for who they, they want to have. And, and, and I accept that perfectly fine because those, like I said, those that got it, I mean, a great group. And I, and I congratulated them. I told them I work for them any day with them, however that would pan out. And, and I mean that, and I still do. So then move forward a little bit further into my career, there was still the opportunity, still the chance, and uh, I got skipped again with no explanation. And uh, I, had, I had the vote of confidence from so many people around me that I even got to a point where I was like, oh, wait a minute, why didn't I get it? I deserve it. You know, I, I belong in that spot. And I had a, I had a senior uh, veteran call me. And the first thing out of his mouth was, are you okay? And here's the thing. On the outside, I honestly was. I told everybody, when God closes one door, he opens another one. The problem was, I didn't know what that door was. So I got stuck in the identity of, oh, you didn't get it. Obviously, you weren't good enough. Right. That's, that's so untrue. So if there's any of you holding on to that, let it go. Easier said than done. This is a two-year process and into this point. But I said, you know what? I am okay. He goes, well, he goes, I want to ask you something. He goes, and I want you to answer, answer this honestly. He goes, why did you want the title? And he goes, why did you want the promotion? I said, you know what? I said, because I'm I one, I want to help people. Like I said earlier, that's what I'm called to do. I want to help people. And he said, 
he said, okay, well, you already do that. Like, that's what we do. Like, the, that's our business. We help people. And I was like, okay, cool. He said, so why did you want it? I said, because I'm willing to accept the responsibility and I want to lead others to be great at what they do. He goes, okay. He goes, I believe you, but I want you to understand something. It's not always about title, rank, and position. Being a leader, you don't have to have the name badge. He goes, you're already doing that. And this is so, I, boom, my heart exploded because I respect this guy beyond belief. I would do I mean, anything for him ever. And, and for him to say that to me, and then other people were saying the same thing. And, and, and I didn't want bitterness to set in. I wasn't going to let it make me angry because, again, yeah, I got skipped, but the ones that got it deserved it too. And so, you know, what makes me better than that person? Nothing. I'm still Chris Tice. I'm still someone who struggles. I'm still someone who has to learn. And so in all of that, I, I forgave those that, and it was, it was, it was honestly simple. I forgave those on the surface that, that didn't pick me. And, and then I got to thinking, I've heard all these sermons on forgiveness. Mm. And this was the first time in my life that I didn't get angry. And I, I had to think back to why, where in my personal development, where in my brain did I, did I learn that? And it dawned on me, it was because of forgiveness. So flashback to my mom leaving, my stepmom controlling everything we did and trying to dictate my destiny and my future, my divorce, all those that had tried to put me down, it was my reaction to that that brought me down. And I not only had that happen to me, I did it to other people too. And I realized that in that moment. And here I had asked other people for forgiveness when I had wronged them. I had never forgiven myself and I'd never forgiven those that it hurt me, whether they were doing it on purpose or not. So in the heart of forgiveness, it sets you free. It, it, it allows you to move on. And so if you're struggling with those doubts and those fears and that negativity that, that may or may not have been put in your life, forgive it. You gotta have that forgiveness and it does start with you. I expected, I still, to this day, don't have a relationship with my birth mother. Um, what I do have with her uh, still brings anger and because uh, she still tries to oppress me through her mom um, and oppress our relationship. She doesn't like the fact that we have one and um, I don't care, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I do care for her. Because there's something inside of her that hurts. My stepmom, there is something inside of her that hurts. And so whether I've been able to tell them or not, I forgive them. My dad, in, in some of those things that, that he allowed to be controlled of or allowed to control him, we've talked about it. And we've forgiven each other because I, I built some hate up. There's things I said wrong. 
And my, my stepmom and I, even though they're not married anymore, so legally she's not my stepmom, but she's still a motherly figure in my life. We talk now. Um, I was actually, uh, we, we, we have a bond uh, with, with a, a classic rock band and I got to take uh, our oldest son to a concert and I texted her, I was like, hey, you're not gonna believe it, I get to take him to this. And the next thing I know, she asked me for my address, so I gave it to her and uh, a couple days later, their newest release CD was in the mail for Bradley. Wow. And the thing is, is neither one of us have brought up the past because we don't need to. I always tell people, look forward, onward, and upward. You got to learn from the mistakes. Okay. Everybody always tries to say knowledge is power. Yeah. To a point. When you apply it, now you have real power. And you make the choice to allow that power to be positive or negative. I choose positive. Um, I, uh, getting to where I'm at now, remember I made the comment, when God closes one door, he opens another. And so I've, I've had knee problems for a long time. Uh, my back, major back problems. I've had, uh, two knee cleanouts in both knees, um, lots of chiropractic visits, things of that nature. And it got to a point where I looked at my, my wife and I said, uh, I don't know what we're going to do, but I know I'm getting to a point. I can't be on, I can't be on, we call it on the floor. I'm not going to be able to be able to stay being a firefighter because it's a very physically demanding job and I'm not going to put myself in that position. And I definitely don't want to put other people in that position. And, uh, uh, we, now that I'm remarried, we have, uh, now they're five and three, but when Emma, our youngest, my daughter was two, I bent over to pick her up and I got her barely two inches off the ground and my back went out. Mm. I couldn't stand up straight. And I, I had to call in and, and tell my supervisors, hey, I'm hurt. I can't come in. I'm going to go to the doctor, see if we can figure out what's going on. And I, uh, all the doctors kept telling me, you got to make a big decision. We can fix it for now, which I was tired of hearing. We can fix it for now. I don't like quick fixes. I want, I want lasting impact. So this goes beyond physical, folks. This goes into mental. This goes into your emotional. This goes into your psychological. I want long lasting positive effects. And so I started praying and one night I just couldn't sleep. There was something wrestling inside of me. And so I put my headphones in. Thank God I had my headphones in because if not, I would have started singing loudly <laughs> and a uh, song comes on, I'm singing it in my head and I get on my knees and I start praying. And hopefully for the last time in my life, I challenged God because uh, it doesn't always pan out so well when you do it this way. But I said, God, Either you tell me or show me what you want me to do, or I'm just going to go do this. And for those that, that believe in God, or maybe you just believe that the universe aligns away, or whatever you believe. Right? I'm, again, I'm not here to project on, on anyone specifically. But when you ask, you know, it says <laughs> in the Bible, asking you shall receive. Oh, I received. I my back was hurting. So it was already hard to be on the floor. I went to stand up and my knees gave out. I could not stand up and I went back to the floor. 
And I said, okay, if I can't even stand up at three in the morning, just my weight, my body weight, because my knees were starting to deteriorate more, the knee surgeon on top of the general practitioners, the physical therapists, the chiropractors, all saying, uh, you need to make, you may be making a, a tough decision. I right then and there, I knew this was it. And keep in mind, I was supposed to have a 35 year career. I was supposed to be a captain. I lost that. Now I lost this career. So here I am again going, what do I do? And, and I was lost. That was a year and a half ago. And my wife and I were already co-creating Eagle Fire Enrichment together. And we just, we didn't know exactly where to start. Yeah, we had a name. Yeah, we have our specialties and what we're good at and what we know we have our knowledge in that we can apply and help others with. But we just didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. And then this happened. And it, it was resoundingly clear, you're going to retire. And I just kept saying, but I'm a firefighter. Mm. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of pride in that. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and for those of you that are first responders, um, military, uh, hospital workers, nurses, doctors, um, PAs, tremendous amount of respect and love for you all. And um, I miss it. There's no two ways about it. I miss the 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 connection I had there, and, and yeah, I, I still get to chat with everybody, but it's just not the same. And this again comes back to what was I wrapping my identity in? You know, when when my wife and I were dating, I I didn't realize it initially, but I was wrapping my identity up in who I was as a single person, as a single dad, as a firefighter, as a divorced man, as a someone who in their childhood was, was continually knocked off the ladder and told, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And I projected it against her. And um, one day we, we, we did, we had the, is this going to happen or not as in marriage, which I was beyond scared of. and. I said, well, if you do this, this, and this, and I, I'll admit, sorry for those of you that are going, I can't believe you did this, but I did it. I put a condition on things. And what's crazy was because no one had ever done this in my life the way she did. She, like the next day, just naturally started doing it. And it was in that moment that I realized I've got to quit wrapping my identity into selfishness and into what other people say or think I am or say that I'm not good enough to do these things. I'm not going to let those outside forces keep me negative and keep me in this position of you can't. Hmm. So powerful. And so, you know, looking at, yeah, I, do I, do I know the past exists? Yes, I do. And, and I'll make this as, as simplistic as I can. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a fitness junkie. I love working out. It's my release. Um, it's just something I do. It's, I don't know, it's a hobby. But the other day, um, I, was, I, I never paid attention to the fact there's, there's the timer, right, on, on, on your ellipticals and Stairmasters and treadmills, things like that. There's always a timer telling you how much time you have left or the time that's elapsed. And in personal development, they always try and tell you, you know, 
if it's, if it's a physical fitness, you know, people say, well, do push-ups. just make that your start, do push-ups. Or if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna run, go run a mile. I don't try and give people times or distances. I say, what you can do is what you can do for now, but always be working towards better. Well, one of those things that comes to that is when we look at time, a lot of times we, we look at, ah, I got 10 minutes left on this. If I'm doing a 30 minute workout, I no longer look at, ah, I got 10 minutes left because that makes that 10 minutes tough. It's true. It makes that 10 minutes so hard. Instead, I look at it because I only do 30 minutes. I got, you've made it 20 minutes. You've made it 20. You can make it another 10. You finish that 10. If, if, you're, if you're not someone who wants to do push-ups or, or, or you say, well, I can't do push-ups. You know what? Find a way to, to, do, to do just one and build on it. And this isn't just about push-ups and, and doing physical fitness or anything. This is life. You can, I'm not saying if, I didn't say if, you can take that one next step to make your life and the lives of those around you better. My story is this new life lens that I can overcome that fear. I can beat out all that past, utilize it, to strengthen me. I used to, I never realized the power of the two words, I am, the statement, I am. And I, I never, I, it's subconscious. I never made it a conscious thought, but all that time, all that time that I felt unworthy was because I was constantly saying, I am not good enough. I am unworthy. I, I'm not able to do that. I can't do that. To now, even, even the days I'm weak, I, please understand, I still struggle. Just because I've overcome this or this doesn't mean other challenges aren't going to come their way. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to put myself down or that someone else isn't going to or that I'm not going to mess up. But turn your mess into a message. Turn that test into a testimony. And most importantly, turn it positive. I, I have a positive future. Negative things may happen, but I have a positive future because I choose that. I've had negative happen. I didn't like it. I, I constantly tell people to smile. Look in your mirror and smile. Even if you're having that dark moment, it's a moment. Find a way to smile. It's the simplest thing you can do. And as it grows within you, Grow it outside of yourself. I tell people the reason why smiles are so important to, to me and to, to part of my message is because I had someone smile at me. I mean, think about it. When you smile, it makes you feel good. And it's contagious and we love it. Smiles are amazing. Even I, I had a professor of mine who I respect beyond belief. I just... I used to live because of the way that I was raised and the way that I was quote unquote built in a pessimistic state. I mean, any little thing that could trip you up, okay, it's over, it's just not gonna work. And he, yeah, we were having this barbecue for our students. I was the president of the club and um, I kept saying, oh, such and such is going on and such and such group has this, such a group. He looked at me, he goes, stop. 
Because you are literally, and, and keep in mind, he's an, an elderly, very wise gentleman who'd been teaching for 30 plus years. He goes, you are literally one of the most pessimistic people I have ever met in my life, and you are taking the cake, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk about a reality snap. And, I, and, and then I had people tell me, they're like, how come you don't smile? How come you, you just always look angry? I actually had people telling me that they were scared of me walking by me. And I'm going, well, I, I, I love people. I'm a hugger, you know, I, I'm a people person. I, I, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> I was told the same uh, thing. To a fault sometimes. <laughs> I was told yeah, the same and, thing and I'm like, and, oh. <laughs> You're like, no, that's so opposite of what I am, you know? But, yeah, but but that was my physical expression and so, I, one day I was looking in the mirror and I was, I had gone through all this anger and I'd, I'd lost my identity and, and all this and that. And it was just in this strife and struggle. And I just looked in the mirror and smiled and said, you know what? Quit looking at the problem. Quit creating problems. Let's be problem solvers. Mm, mm -hmm. What's going to solve this problem? Who can you reach out to and talk to, or what can you do today? To, to make a difference in, in your own life, because the title of this podcast is so fitting. Giving starts with you, right? And it does. You, 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 you've got to expand that positivity within yourself so you can also do it for others. Take that self-care, whether it's in books or podcasts or um, YouTube videos. I... Uh, when I first got into this space and got into coaching, uh, I did go back to school when I was 28. I got my bachelor's. I started my master's. I spent a boatload of money on formal education, and, and I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I've also joined these challenges. I've also paid for some self-development classes, but there for a while, I didn't have the money. It was too tight. Uh, I mean, at one point in time, I was eating uh, peanut butter for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner so my son could eat a regular meal. And then when I went to grandma's house, I got food. Mm -hmm. um, and so I get it. So for those of you who are saying, well, I, I can't afford the books right now or anything like that, if you have internet or a way to get to internet, type in self-development on, on- Or borrow on, from a library. On YouTube. On YouTube. Borrow from your library, borrow from some of your friends, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, Jack Canfield is, is a very influential coach out there. And he even says it himself. He goes, just go to YouTube and type in my name. If you can't <laughs> afford my program. That's fine. You know, type in my name. It's free. Um, yeah. I really loved hearing your story. You talked about so many important things and it's, you've really turned your pain into what you're passionate about. Like, you know, and you talked about, was it your great grandfather? My grandfather. Your grandfather and your grandmother yeah. and your scout leader and all those people that supported you. And it only takes one person to believe. And it doesn't erase all the people that you feel that don't believe you, but wow, like it only takes one person. And so it sounds like when you were helping those youth that you really were able to get through to them because you weren't just talking from a place of, um, you know, this is another thing that I can do and put on my resume and whatever you were talking from a place of love and you really knew what it felt like for them. So 
they found that person in you as well, you know? So I love when people take, um, you know, things happen, bad things happen to good people all the time, but it's not everybody that can turn that into a positive. And I think it's so important because, you know, just even, um, how do I say this? Just being intentional with helping other people. Like, it sounds like you have really done a great job in forgiving and moving forward. And you're like you said, you're still learning every day, but it's hard. It's hard when people say to you, you're not going to amount to anything. I think everybody's had somebody even once in their life, whether it was a teacher or, or, you know, any authority figure, but to have that repeatedly, um, instilled in how you feel about yourself, it does change your identity completely. And if you don't know who you are, how can you be helpful to other people? How can you, you can't forgive, you can't heal, you can't, there's a lot of things that you can't, you can't, you can't when you don't know who you are. So I think that is one of the most important things. If, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of stuff you got, you want to work on, to me, figuring out your identity is one of the most important places to start because without that, you're going to believe your identity is what other people say your identity is. And that's really robbing you of your own life. You know, life is so short. And if we can't figure out who we are, or at least who we want to strive to be, I think it's going to be a very, I think life is going to be really challenging. And, you know, I commend you on not giving up on your dream and and being the firefighter and you know what it feels like now and no matter even if you didn't get those promotions and you didn't become captain you were validated like the things that your your peers said to you that you didn't have to have the title you didn't have to have you know the accolades to know that that's exactly what you were you were a captain you know and I'm so proud of you it sounds like not only have you really not given up on yourself like you keep learning and you keep challenging yourself but it sounds like you're spreading your message to so many people that really really need to hear that and I respect you so much for that I think you know I can really tell that it's genuine it comes from the heart you have no underlying agenda it's it's very um it's just very genuine and I love that I love when I meet somebody who is not afraid to say, Hey, you know, this is my life. This is where I've been. This is how I've been treated, but my story doesn't end there. And that is so hard to do. It's not easy to talk about, but you get to a place when you, you start to heal. I think when you do talk about it mm-hmm. and I just, I, I'm, I really want to thank you for coming on here because, um, I think your message is very, very important and, you know, it needs to be heard. So I really do appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you. It, you know, it's, it's the culmination and the result of just a a three-part saying that I say every single day to my kids. Um, My kids have it memorized. They, they jump on some of my videos and and say it. I let them finish the video sometimes, (laughs) but it's, it's because you can, you, you first and foremost, you have to believe that you can. And if you're stuck in this, I can't, folks, listen, I've been there. I know you can. And again, 
don't don't try and don't don't try and immediately just land on the moon you know just just come up with the simplest thing of just uh just write i am strong that's the first thing i say to myself in the morning i am strong and the next one's i am loved and and i have some other i ams and and my identity is found in christ um and what i believe in that and that's gotten me through so you've got to you got to start with you you've got to take care of yourself you've got to figure that out but please understand don't do it alone i did not do all this on my own yes there was a lot of of, of my own thought and my own process and my own way of kind of figuring things out but it's come with such a community of amazing caring people that created this positive movement in my life and so therefore for me my drive my passion my desire my calling is to create positive influence with lasting impact so others will be inspired to do the same I love thing. That. And that's the third that that's the three eyes of great leadership, great servant leadership, excuse me. That's that's something that we all can do. Even if it's the smallest thing and the simplest thing that. of just a smile. <laughs> Give everyone a smile. And you know, just like smile. I know you're all about celebrating wins for people. And I think that that came from your story. Because all you wanted were people to celebrate your wins, you know? And you wanted somebody to be in your corner. And I think that you are that for a lot of people. And even just the night, it feels so intentional because even just the name of your company, did that, did, was that born through being the scout and, and getting your... That's got a couple parts to it, actually. Um, so the eagle, everybody knows the eagle. The eagle is a symbol of pride and passion and, and leadership. And that's, I want, um, so our Isaiah 40, 31, and they shall rise up on the wings of eagles is that's, that's what we want leaders to do. And, and, and understand, yes, my, my, my focus is business leadership and organizational leadership as far as the leadership coaching is, but you know, I work on personal development as well, because anyone can be a leader. Not everyone should, but that's when we get into that. Right. That's when we go back to, yeah, yeah. I got called out on that one time. Oh, actually more than once, but <laughs> it's okay. Because my point is, the underlying point to that is you can, one, if you're doing it right, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's title, rank, and position. Um, I, I've had people try and tell me this is a weak example, but honestly, it's not. My five-year-old has been a leader to my three-year-old. Mm. Okay, my three-year-old has led my five-year-old now. Was that good or was that good or bad? I, you know, it depends on if we heard a crash bang or crying or, uh, <laughs> Hey, dad said, go brush our teeth. We're getting ready to get in trouble. <laughs> you know, uh, take that as simplistic as you want. I like keeping things simple. So even, even whether it's in business or in your home or in a church or, uh, organization or, or just, you know, hanging out with your neighbors, you can be that person that you don't necessarily, you know, if you're trying to plan a plan an event or whatever, you don't necessarily have to be the one at the top to, to, to lead something or to, to guide something. I mean, leadership is guiding. Leadership is, is not about 
I'm here to command you and you will do what my wish is, which, okay, title rank and position. Sometimes, yeah, that kind of has to happen because maybe there's a misunderstanding that goes into communication, but it, 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 it's all based on wanting to serve others. And, and that's, that's so, so that's the Eagle in that. That's the pride that comes from that. The fire part was, I just, I was a firefighter and, um, I, I want, I, love I, it. I want now I, I, I want people to be on fire for their lives, for their passion in their lives. Um, and then the enrichment is, is we're, we're here to enrich you. We want you to, we want you to feel empowered and impassioned to have success, to have greatness, to, to be the leader that you were born to be and to make it positive. And so, yeah, Eagle Fire and Love the name. we want to Love raise it. you up. Thank you. So, Chris, where can uh, where can our listeners uh, find out more about you? Because I'm sure they're going to want to after they hear this. Oh, uh, again, I, I'm so humbled by that. Uh, Facebook, it's just Chris Tice, T with I's, T-I-C-E. Um, or uh, Instagram is at Tice Inspires. Uh, or you can also go to eaglefireenrichment.com is our website. The Facebook and the Instagram account that I just gave you, there's a lot more focus on personal development, family development things. If you're also looking into more of the business side and the business coaching as far as leadership is concerned, I have a couple other pages that if you get into those, I can, I can definitely direct you from there. Or like I said, go to the website. It has the links to everything. That's so great. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes and... Uh... Wow. I could be, I could talk to you for the rest of the day, but that would be, you know, I mean, I could learn so much and it's so inspiring listening to you. And yeah, you know, I really do appreciate you coming because that's what this is about. You know, it's about that one person on the other end that needed to hear, even if it was just a frat. I mean, you talked about a lot of different things today, but even if it was just one thing that resonated with somebody, it's really going to change the rest of their day, I think. So thank you so much for, for coming. And I hope to have you on again. I really enjoyed this. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. I would love to. This has been fantastic. I, like I said, I'm, I'm honored. I'm humbled. Everyone go out and share this. I'm not saying it just because I'm on here. I don't, uh, one more quote for you. I'm a, I'm a quote person. I love quotes. And uh, I think my family's pretty sick of hearing it, but you say what you mean and you mean what you say. And, and I mean it when I'm saying this, share this. And, and it doesn't, <laughs> yes, sure. Share this episode, share the podcast, share the other episodes. Um, your son had tremendous impact on me from that episode. And then for those of you that, that are looking around episode 10, uh, Nelia shows her, her heart and your heart is felt in this. Your heart is seen in this. And I want to encourage you to keep going. Yeah. I, I would love to come back on sometime. Um, for those of you that are wanting more, we just, we gave you the avenue uh, for me. Um, but remember, it's not, it's not just about me. It's about me being able to serve others and help others and create the same. You. And Nelia, you're doing it. I appreciate you. Uh, final quote for me, make every day great. Remember Ken never did. God <laughs> bless smile. us all. And smile. Smile. <laughs> I didn't have so to talk good. very much today. You were so impactful. So I didn't get to say Thank much you. at all, which is great. <laughs> I mean, your message was a lot, like, you know, I could not have topped that. So 
thank you so much. And, you know, for a future episode, I'd love to hear about your trip with your son. So I would, yes. uh, we could talk yes. about that next time. We'll but... schedule it. We will. Absolutely. It was, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That, <laughs> oh yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother day there. Yes. So yeah, for sure. For thank sure. you so much, Chris. <laughs> thank you. And keep what smiling. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.